Hello, and welcome to That's Not Spit, It's Condensation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to That's Not Spit, It's Condensation. I'm Ryan Beach, and on today's episode, we are going to talk about everyone's least favorite subject that can make a huge difference in their life. That's right, we're going to talk about discipline. This subject is a funny thing, because looking back on my own life, I can see how undisciplined I've been in virtually every aspect of my life. I've been unorganized, unmotivated, and I've just generally let things come and go without the desire or the determination to take action and actually get something done. The only thing in my life that has reaped the benefits of long-term discipline would be my trumpet playing, and that's only because I've had to work hard in order to make sure I could actually make money and survive. But what about all the other things that I want to do that aren't, quote, life and death? What about the goals I have that I know would make my quality of life improve, but they aren't necessary to my bottom line? I know firsthand how difficult it is to decide you're going to make a commitment to start exercising or to try to eat in a healthier way, only to have distractions or unforeseen circumstances impede your ability to follow through. It makes perfect sense why certain hobbies or passions that we all have that are outside of our jobs or what we do for a living get pushed to the side. Maybe we're tired at the end of the day. Maybe we made plans to meet other friends and hang out. There are so many understandable reasons why we don't accomplish whatever goals we have set for ourselves. Unfortunately, it also means that we aren't accomplishing those goals. Often that can lead to feeling like you're a failure or repeatedly failing to achieve a goal can make you feel like it's not even worth trying after a while. Maybe as you listen to this, you feel like you might identify with some of what I've described. As I said before, not being disciplined in my own life felt like I was forced to live whatever path that I was told I could do and not feeling the freedom to not only be able to choose my own path but have the ability to actually move forward with that path. However, in the past couple of years, I've had more and more opportunities to practice being disciplined and to see how amazing the results of long-term discipline can be. I wanted to make an episode to discuss what discipline is, how it can be beneficial, and how I've seen it transform my own life, all in an effort to encourage others to work to incorporate it into their own careers and lives. The title of this episode is Discipline for a Better Future. Since I recognize discipline is not a very popular topic, I thought instead of just preaching about it, we would try to make it as fun as possible. I started thinking to myself, how can I make discipline fun? What would make people enjoy this? It was then I realized, quotes. People love quotes. So I compiled a list of quotes for this episode that describe different aspects of discipline and how it might be applied to our own lives. The first quote about discipline is, discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. 
This was said by Jim Rohn, who is an American businessman, entrepreneur, as well as a motivational speaker. I love this quote because it's a beautiful way to sort of define what discipline is. There are many definitions of the word discipline, so for our context, I'd like to use the dictionary definition that says, discipline is control gained by enforcing obedience or order. It's a sort of pattern of behavior you can develop over time through orderly or prescribed conduct. One of the most beautiful aspects about implementing discipline is that it can lead to us having self-control. This has been huge for my own growth and development. Working to be a more disciplined individual has allowed me to literally be writing down these ideas on my computer right now, rather than watching the YouTube video that is open in a tab on my browser. Of course, I'd rather be watching that video, but I understand that being disciplined in this moment right now will lead me to being able to accomplish the goal of finishing this episode so I can release it. It may seem like a small thing to point out, but I think that's where discipline starts. Instead of setting huge goals that seem lofty to achieve, let's start by setting smaller goals that we can achieve in order to build up confidence in our ability to be disciplined. Instead of saying, I'm gonna lose 40 pounds, Maybe just start by saying, I'm going to replace one, quote, bad food a day with one, quote, good food. It's not a huge change, but seeing that you can make that change and stick with it means that you see that you can be disciplined, which leads to confidence in being more disciplined. We'll touch more on that later. In a musical context, I think the easiest thing we can do is say, I'm going to make a commitment to watch one less show on Netflix per week and fill that time with something music-related, be it practice, listening to a symphony, or just singing through some parts you need to learn. That's a very small change to make, but it might very well lead to a bigger end goal. So not only is the discipline part of it important, but also the goal part is important as well. Maybe the quote could be read, discipline is the bridge between goals that are manageable for you at this moment and accomplishing those goals. We're all capable of different things based on circumstances, so goals that are different must reflect that. The important part is to keep setting new goals as you accomplish the previous ones. The next quote we're going to look at to help us understand discipline is, some people regard discipline as a chore. For me, it is a kind of order that sets me free to fly. That quote is attributed to Julie Andrews. This is such a beautiful way to say why discipline is important. Often, the connotation for discipline is that of negativity. Whether we are disciplining a child or you are under disciplinary action at your school or job, it's sometimes hard to see how we can use discipline for our benefit. But as she describes in this quote, and as we saw from our definition earlier, we can also see it as an order to our lives that helps gives us structure. This structure allows us to prioritize our activities and lets us have the best chance to work to accomplish the goals that we have. This structure is actually quite freeing. I've learned this lesson quite well dealing with children, my own children, in fact. Children need boundaries. Sometimes it can feel like a drag to say, don't do this, don't do that. You're allowed to play downstairs, but up here you may not make a mess. 
but it's actually good for them because those boundaries help them understand where they exist in the world. It gives them a sense of rules and regulations that will help them transition into being an adult that can understand and respect personal and professional boundaries. And from what I've seen in my own life, adults need structure and boundaries to thrive as well. If your life feels like it's out of control, accomplishing a goal may seem like it's virtually impossible. Without an ability to give order to your life, it can feel like you're just bouncing around from activity to activity, just doing the best you can to get by. As Julie Andrews stated so eloquently, discipline can give you the order you might need to feel like you can fly. Well, what is the freedom she is talking about? I feel like you gain freedom from yourself in a way. You can feel that you are free from being controlled by your impulses and cravings. You can potentially feel like you are in control and the one making decisions in your life. One real life example of this freedom is my mom. She is allergic to histamine in food. Now, I knew there was histamine in the air and stuff like that, but apparently it's also in food. Like almost every food ever. <laughs> So my mom's diet has become so restrictive, it's pretty comical at this point. She told me she eats lean ground beef, chicken, turkey, salmon, cauliflower, broccoli, cabbage, and potatoes. And then I guess somehow she can also have one brand of ice cream, or so she says. I don't get it, but that's basically all she eats. Now, for most people, this sounds like torture, but when you talk to her, she speaks about how eating in this manner allows her to feel free from the control that food can often have over our lives. Obviously, the choice was pretty clear for her. Eat certain foods or you will feel horrible. But the end result is still just as important as if she made the choice herself. She isn't controlled by cravings. She isn't overwhelmed with the infinite amount of food to choose from. And as she says it, she feels free from the social and cultural aspect that food offers. Of course, in moderation, none of this is bad, but for so many, moderation seems impossible. She is thankful to be more or less forced to eat this diet, not only for her health and well-being, but also for the personal benefits she receives from being disciplined in that way. So, if discipline is such a wonderful thing, why isn't everyone able to do it? Why does it have a negative vibe to it? I think simply put, being disciplined isn't easy especially in the beginning. Many people don't like to suffer, so we don't want to go out of our way to suffer. But in my opinion, and the opinion of many other people that are much more successful than I'll probably ever be, things that are hard almost always have a great payoff. Here's another quote that I found to be very interesting to think about. A disciplined mind leads to happiness, and an undisciplined mind leads to suffering. That was said by the current Dalai Lama. The thing I love about this quote is that he says it leads to happiness. It makes it feel like a process. Discipline and perseverance may feel like a chore in the short term, but they have long-term potential for greater happiness. The next quote we're going to cover is going to discuss who should practice discipline. 
The obvious answer would be everyone, but this quote says it in a much better and a much more thoughtful way. The quote, which was said by Henry Ward Beecher, is, no man is such a conqueror as the one that has defeated himself. I think this is of the utmost importance. Often the first step in being disciplined is convincing ourselves that we can do it. Overcoming our doubt that it will be worth it or overcoming our doubts that we are good enough to do it. These are very real and very difficult things to deal with. The struggle is real, as the internet always says. So I believe this quote gives the right importance to this issue. There aren't many issues in life that are harder to conquer than yourself. But if we look at the evidence, virtually all successful people speak about how important discipline is for them. They focus all their attention on the things that will improve them or their product. Beyond that, I think going back to the beginning of this section, the answer to the question, who should practice discipline, could be anyone wanting more control over their life. If you're someone who feels like your instincts, your cravings, your desires, your emotions, or even other people are making decisions for you, discipline might be able to help you overcome this. Again, we need to start with reasonable goals, but we also need to make a commitment to start. There's an awesome Rage Against the Machine song called Gorilla Radio with lyrics that say, it has to start somewhere, it has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? For this section, we have another Jim Rohn quote. This quote describes how discipline can change you, and it reads, one discipline always leads to another. Super simple, right? But it's actually quite profound and uplifting when you think about it. This means that we don't have to do all of it all at once. We just need to start, and being disciplined once will lead to us being disciplined twice. That one will lead to another, and so on until enough time has passed and you realize you are a completely different and much more disciplined person than you used to be. If you are skeptical about this kind of idea, I hope you get something from this story I'm about to tell. I've been training in the gym for about four and a half years now. I've worked hard and I've seen a lot of progress. I've missed very few training sessions in those four and a half years, as this is a commitment that is very important to me. In the summer of 2018, I was able to visit Never State Athletics in Westminster, Maryland. This gym is owned and operated by Brian Allsrue, who is a strongman athlete that has won numerous awards and competitions. This guy is a beast. Training in his gym with him opened up a whole new understanding of what it means to work hard and push myself. When I was training with him, I was working up to a deadlift personal record with him. I pulled 430 pounds without a belt, which is a five pound PR for me at the time. I was super happy because it felt so heavy, but I was able to finish it. One of the other guys that trains there, they call him Uncle Nick. He looked at me and he said, I think that's about an 85% effort. I remember just looking at him and thinking, you are insane. I almost died during that. Brian looked at me and said, all right, I think we're going to put 450 pounds on the bar. 
do you want to use a belt this time? Now, I had never used a weightlifting belt before, but I thought, sure, I'm here. I might as well try it out. I put it on, and then Brian used this metal prong device to crank that belt so tight I could barely breathe. Then I had to bend over and grab the bar, which meant breathing was even harder. Then I had to take a big breath and try to brace my core, which felt horrible. Then I started lifting the weight. I got it about an inch off the ground, and then I dropped it. I looked at him and I said, I think I almost just passed out. And he said, yeah, that's what it should feel like if you're doing it right. I was shocked. I just couldn't believe there was this level of intensity so far above what I was doing previous to that. And I thought I was doing pretty good. In October of the same year, I purchased a custom program from him. I'm gonna tell you what the first workout was. <laughs> it was a deadlift workout and I had to do 10 deadlifts at 60% of my one rep max, and then immediately do 10 hanging leg raises, and then immediately do eight dumbbell snatches with each hand. Then I got to rest one minute and 30 seconds. That's it. Then I had to do eight deadlifts with 70% of my one rep max, the leg raises and the snatches, rest another minute and 30 seconds. Then I had six deadlifts with 80% of my one rep max, the leg raises, and the snatches. Then I was done with that part of the session. Still to this day, I have never felt so miserable. It seemed actually impossible to do. I remember emailing him in the middle of the workout and I wrote, I can't see how this is possible long-term. I can't even get through the first day. He emailed me back and he said a few important things. The first was don't worry about the whole program. Just do your best on the first set. Then worry about the second set, then do the third. If you have more left in you, do the assistance work. You'll get better each workout and you'll be surprised how much better your conditioning is in the second and third waves. Now this was important and applicable to everything. Don't get ahead of yourself. Do the best you can right now. The end goal is important, but you can only take care of accomplishing the goal right in front of you. If you do that over a long period of time, you'll be fine. The second thing he said was, all the sets, reps, and exercises are all laid out. The only thing you have to do is show up and do the work. He had removed all excuses that I could have except, I don't really wanna do this. And the third and most amazing thing he said, was this program is meant to break ordinary people. I get emails all the time about how hard my programming is and how it doesn't work. But the people that are able to finish my programs and do the work write to me all the time saying how amazing the results are because the program works. But they are hard. I love this because he's not sugarcoating anything. He's not trying to make me feel better. He's saying, are you up to the challenge? So I decided I was up to the challenge. Because everything was written out for me, I decided I was gonna finish every workout, no matter how much it sucked or how long it took. I cannot tell you how many workouts I had to battle with myself. I would catch myself trying to bargain, saying, well, you've done a lot of great work today. What if you just did two sets of this instead of three? Anytime I caught myself saying that, I doubled down and forced myself to finish the work. 
Anytime I caught myself saying, I don't want to go train today, I forced myself to go and work twice as hard. And you know what? He was right. It did get better. I got better. I could start making it through the workouts. I still battled myself all the time, but I knew in the back of my mind that I could do it, so I had no excuse. At this point, I've been training like that for over a year now, and it's just a part of my life. I feel like if I'm not doing giant sets or hard conditioning, I'm not really working hard enough. And here's the most important thing. I did not feel that way before. I used to talk myself out of conditioning all the time. Now, I do it whether I want to or not. Often the way I pick my conditioning workouts is to ask myself, what am I most afraid to do right now? That's how I'm trying to push myself these days. I tell this story for a couple of reasons. One is that on many of Brian's videos on YouTube, he talks about this idea that we have two dogs inside of us. One dog is choosing not to try, and one dog is choosing to do the hard thing even when it sucks. Whichever dog you choose to feed, that's the one you'll become. And it's not always easy, but the more times you are disciplined, the more you trust the process. If I see the long-term rewards of being disciplined in the gym, I'm much more likely to apply that to being disciplined with my podcast in the short term, assuming I'll have similar long-term happiness. Through choosing to have short-term discipline in the gym in the early days of Brian's programming, I have built upon that to become a much more disciplined version of myself in the long term. I now feel that I can accomplish anything as long as I have time and a plan. To close out this episode, I have three more quotes. I'm not going to spend nearly as much time on them as the other ones in this episode, but I feel that they have a place and are really interesting to consider and dwell on. The first quote said by Rumi reads, You were born with potential. You were born with goodness and trust. You were born with ideals and dreams. You were born with greatness. You were born with wings. You are not meant for crawling, so don't. You have wings. Learn to use them. The learning part at the very end, that's the important part. No one who is successful knew everything they needed to know right away. They learned things through failure, and they had the discipline to continue on and grow into who they were to become. The next quote is, There are two primary choices in life, to accept conditions as they exist or accept the responsibility to change them. This was said by Dennis Waitley. I love this one because it puts the responsibility of our condition on us. Sure, there may be some circumstances that are outside of some people's control, but I would venture to guess that the vast majority of us have the ability to make positive change in our lives if we only accept the responsibility to be disciplined and stick with it. The final quote is one by Bruce Lee. Here's a guy who lived what he preached. His quote is, if you always put limits on everything you do, physical or anything else, it will spread into your work and into your life. There are no limits. There are only plateaus and you must not stay there. You must go beyond them. Discipline is not a chore. It is not negative. 
It is a state of mind. We should all take a moment to acknowledge our current state of mind and then work to break through our own plateaus in order to reach our highest potential possible. I think that's going to be it for this episode. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do so on Facebook or Instagram. Just search at Ryan Beach Trumpet or at That's Not Spit. I'd like to thank Brett Bellamy and his band Empire Springs for letting me use more music of his and theirs on this episode. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode or any others on the podcast, uh, you should let me know. Leave a rating and a review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. I'd also like to thank Brandon Yoakum for his work on mastering this episode. And most importantly, I want to thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time.